Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series from canvas to screen on select Saturdays in March. Enjoy a film that captures the drama and beauty of some of history's most celebrated works of art, including Metropolis, Days of Heaven, and Marie Antoinette at NortonSimon.org. Come see the new quiz show, Go Fact Yourself, with special guests Andy Richter and Fresh Air's Tanya Mosley. It's March 23rd at the Crawford. Get your tickets at las.com slash events. LAist Studios. Going back to our roots is the ultimate in sustainability. We definitely didn't have to recreate the wheel. The wheel existed here. I think that the demands of capitalism and the demands of commerce created a whole different model that is unnatural. Really being conscientious about how we consume and how we make our clothes feels like the right direction to go. Anything sustainable is meeting our needs today while ensuring future generations can meet theirs. This is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. So to all of our loyal listeners, you might remember the episode we did on fast fashion and the Sheen murals a few months ago. If you haven't listened to it yet, that's episode 99, so go take a listen. Because today, we're talking about the other side of the coin in the industry sustainable fashion. It's going to take a lot to kind of move the pendulum. This is Mary Price. I am the founder and creative director of Ocean and Main, a sustainably based, ethically made line of women's apparel that is 100% produced here in downtown Los Angeles. After working for larger fashion companies for decades, she started her own sustainable fashion company downtown seven years ago. So inspired by the ocean and actually physically made on Main Street. So that's how the name came about is Ocean and Main. Downtown LA is the epicenter of American-made fashion brands like Ocean and Main. An estimated 83% of all American-made clothing is made in LA. Since it was in my hometown, I wanted to create a brand that reflected the ethos of Los Angeles. And everything is inspired by the ocean because we use no single-use plastic. Sustainable fashion is a complex idea, from the actual materials used, to who makes the clothing, to where the clothing is made, and how it's distributed. It is such a powerful creative industry that the more of us that communicate, just thinking about it differently will hopefully move that needle. To learn more about how sustainable fashion is made, How to LA producer Megan Botel and I got to visit Mary in her studio in LA's fashion district downtown. Production, technical, kind of guru, everything. So where are we right now? So we are currently in our design studio, and everything is located within a five-block radius of this design studio, from our pattern makers to our sewers to our fabric suppliers and all of our trim where we would buy buttons and zippers. And that was really important to me when I launched the brand. People talk about being local, but we are hyper-local. 
So in our design studio here is where we develop all of our styles and work on existing production and new production. So you can see different samples here that um, have been in production in the past or might currently be in production. And we're working on some new styles here. So you can see we've got patterns here and our cutting table here, we lay out different fabrications and patterns to test them out and see if they'll go into production. This decision to do everything hyper-local, when did you first kind of think that that is the route you want to go? So I've been in the business for 30 years and have seen the copious amounts of waste in production across the globe. And the way that we treat people and the planet to produce garments has gotten so far away from how we used to manufacture. Between making our clothes and growing our food, we've just gotten so far from the source. When I decided to start Ocean of Maine, it was really important for me to use the existing resources that we have and also take advantage of the amazing amount of talent and the amazing amount of garment professionals that are here in Los Angeles. We're very mindful of all the fabrications that we use from how they're manufactured to their end of life. Are they biodegradable or are they going to sit in a landfill for you know, thousands of years, and we make everything here. So we're not shipping product and fabrications and trim across a continent and ocean before they get here. Okay, so while there's no stamp that guarantees an item of clothing is sustainable, there are a few things to look for to know that those dresses are indeed made sustainably. As an aside, leaders in the sustainable fashion industry like Mary are working on getting an official certified sustainable stamp for textiles. So hopefully that's coming soon. Like Mary says, Ocean and Maine is super mindful of the actual materials they use. Nothing they use in production ends up in a landfill. They are also sure not to overproduce, meaning they only make as much as they can sell. Also, this idea of production being hyper-local is very important. That cuts down a ton on emissions and resources needed to ship textiles and other supplies. And Mary says the attitude in the industry around sustainable fashion has changed a lot in recent years. The attitude in the industry was like, a cute little project you have. (laughs) And I couldn't be more excited that it has become the conversation that fashion is finally recognizing that it's the second largest polluter on the planet. Even I met with a fabric mill today, and the amount of recycled cotton, regenerative cotton, and organic cotton they have, a whole section of their assortment is all sustainably based, which makes me really happy. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so before we check out Mary's operation and learn about the process of manufacturing clothing in a sustainable way, let's get some basics down. Like, what exactly is sustainable fashion? It's really difficult to define sustainable fashion because there are so many factors. It really needs a collective effort that's beginning with designers, how they design their product, how they can manage less waste. This is Tracy Tung. She's an assistant professor of fashion design and merchandising at Cal State Northridge. We are looking for a way to extend the product life cycle so the product wouldn't break after like one use and then what kind of material they pick. Can you break it down between the differences sustainable fashion has versus traditional fashion houses versus fast fashion? 
So regular fashion, we have a couple of seasons, and fast fashion, they offer a lot of new products in their store more frequently. And when we talked about sustainable fashion, we produce more classical styles, and that styles can last all different kinds of seasons. And the other thing is the price. If you can buy this item in a really cheap price. You can imagine how low the cost is, including how much money they pay to our labors. So, for sustainable fashion, we of course are trying to find a balance between the cost and the affordability. But more focus will be on: Do we pay our worker fairly? Do we provide comfortable and safe environment for our workers? That usually translates into a higher price for the clothes. But if that jacket lasts for years, then maybe it's worth it. For consumers, what we can do is we support sustainable fashion companies and create your own style. Use your creativity. We reduce consumption. Overconsumption is a big issue here, and so change your shopping patterns. That's one we can work on. So this is our second studio, and this is where we keep additional fabric, and where we also pull, pack, and ship all of our orders that come through. This is Brendan. He's actually、uh, packing orders for the day. By manufacturing here in LA, we can manufacture very close to delivery, so we can get back into business very quickly, and we don't have to hit those massive minimums that are a necessity when you manufacture overseas. Whether it's the fabric suppliers or actual manufacturers, the minimums are a thousand units per style per color, and. That's just not a very sustainable model. The minimums are set by the manufacturers. Okay.、Yes. I'm sure it's an economic decision、mm -hmm. when you think of the price of some of the garments coming from overseas. In order for them to make a living, they need to make a lot of them.、Mm -hmm. So manufacturing here allows us a much tighter control of our inventory.、Mm -hmm. When we get an order in,、um, it comes through the, through the website. We sell everything direct to consumer, which also allows us to manage our inventory a bit better. And we don't use any single-use plastic. We ship everything in a cloth bag. So all of this fabric came from our local manufacturer of our local supplier of fabric. And when we go into production, we'll take it across the street to our cutting service, and they'll take the pattern that we made in the other room. And the pattern has to be graded. So once the pattern is graded, we take the fabric and the pattern to our cutter across the street. They cut the fabric, and then they walk it down the hall to our sewer. And the sewers manufacture everything. Then when it comes back, we hold everything here, and we do use the reusable plastic bags to store everything, so we can see the garment and know what we're pulling for the customer. Then it gets transferred to the cloth bag. And we take these plastic bags back to the sewer, where they use for they use them again for the next production. So we haven't bought plastic bags in probably five years. So we've been using the same ones over and over again. Then、uh, once the order comes through, we pack it in the cloth bag. Brendan handwrites a note to thank the customer, and we put it in our box, and it goes out. Wonderful. Yeah. And then these here are returns, and 
you will happily accept returns and once they come back they're uh, inspected and then they're refurbished to go back into stock and resell unlike a lot of bigger brands. I'm sure you've read the stories about the waste in Chile and in different parts of the world where people, they're just dumping product returns which is awful. So again we don't throw anything away. We also work with a artisan collective in Malaysia. There's only two master block makers left in Malaysia that are hand making blocks to print fabric. And there's only a few master printers left. And we're working with an organization called Surya Artisan Batik. And they hand paint or hand print all of the textiles. And then they send them to us. And then we make the garments here in LA. We really love this collaboration, working directly with the artisans to create these beautiful fabrics. And she has such a great sensibility of taking a traditional art form and giving it a modern sensibility. But yeah, we're really, we're really happy with this collaboration. Okay, we gotta take a break, but stay tuned because we're gonna be talking about the role of the consumer in moving the needle in the fashion industry. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series From Canvas to Screen, capturing the drama and beauty of some of history's most celebrated works of art. Films include Metropolis by Fritz Lang, Days of Heaven by Terrence Malick, and Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Saturdays now through March 30th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting One of the Good Ones. The ultimate family showdown is on in the world premiere of this new comedy commissioned by the Tony Award-winning theater. When the perfect Latina daughter brings her boyfriend home to meet the parents, her family's biases and preconceptions are put on full display. Meet your new favorite family in this laugh-out-loud, heartfelt story from Gloria Calderon Kellett, the co-creator and showrunner of Netflix's One Day at a Time. Now through April 7th, tickets are on sale now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. Hey, we're back. You're listening to How to LA. Sustainable fashion is becoming more popular in recent years. Like Mary said, what was once considered a cute or fun project is now a booming business and ecological model for the industry. But Professor Tracy Tang says the effort has to come not only from the production side, but consumers too. And this is where education comes in. Compared to food industry now, like I feel like consumers are really care about what they eat. Mm-hmm. Right? We look at the ingredient on the package. We look at calories, right? But not many people are looking into the ingredient we have for our clothes. That's something I, I wish we could enhance in our educational system. That's why I started the sustainable fashion program at our university, because not many students of mine understand sustainable fashion or sustainability issues. It would be ideal if we could start such education in those elementary school or a junior high, you know, when students started to get interested in fashion and trends to let them know that while you are pursuing those trends and try to use different styles to express your identity, there are 
many ways, alternatives you can do to act more sustainably. For example, thrifting, look into secondhand products and avoid fast fashion. Those brands they advertise their low price and trendy clothes, right? Try to avoid those and try to pick more classic styles. Having all of the elements of your production process be so hyper local, like literally within the same block, that feels old school. It feels like back in the 50s, 60s in New York in the fashion district. Is it old school, or is it just like the right way to do it? It feels old school, and isn't that great? You know, I love that part of it. That. I can touch and feel the garment. That I know the people that are making it. That I can see them physically making the garment. It warms my heart. I do think that connection is so missing that we just go into a store and buy a T-shirt and don't even think of the multiple hands that have touched it, the multiple steps it's had to go through to get there, from the growing of the cotton to the harvesting of the cotton to the milling, the ginning, getting it to a factory to make a yarn and then sewing it into a T-shirt. There's so many pieces, and I love to see all those pieces come together. And it is the way we used to do things. I think going back to our roots is the ultimate in sustainability. So we definitely didn't have to recreate the wheel. The wheel existed here. I think that the demands of capitalism and the demands of commerce created a whole different model that is unnatural. I think we overcompensated in the the gold rush for commerce to a model that doesn't make sense. On one hand, I'm. Trying to create a business that sells clothes, but I also would like people to respect those garments and keep them for a long time. So one of the design ethos that we have is designing product that looks as good today as it will in 20 years. What would you say to people who think they can't afford to buy quality items? That are sustainable rather than something at Forever 21. I certainly understand that everybody's on a budget. My first thought, being a brand based in sustainability, is quality over quantity, and knowing that the price that you're paying is for quality, and really thinking about the people. Like, would you be happy if your grandmother was making one dollar a day sewing T-shirts for someone? Like, really thinking about the people that are involved, and like, wow, I'm really contributing to an economy here that's. Giving people a living wage. One of the most exciting things, as far as technology goes, that's happening is the not only regenerative agriculture, but regenerative textiles. So taking old textiles that currently exist, emulsifying them down into a liquid, respinning them into a fiber, and making a whole new yarn out of it. Is some of the most exciting technology out there. So I think the way that we manufacture and consume apparel will look vastly different in ten years because there's so much exciting technology out there. And now I have customers asking, "Where did your cotton come from?" I'm like, I couldn't be happier that you're asking that question. So the industry is trying to come up with a trusted authority. 
that a customer can look at a brand and go, okay, you've been well vetted that all your ESG, your environment, social, and government's principles are in line. What's most difficult about maintaining sustainability in, in your operation? Scale. Like, how do I, how do I grow my business which is the point of being in business, and do it in a way that I can sleep at night and I can feel good about what I'm creating and putting out in the world and ensuring that the people that I'm working with are taken care of as well. So for me, I'm all about slow and steady, wins the race instead of doing everything conventionally and you know, just not being mindful about what we're doing. I'll be the first to say we're not perfect, and I don't think there is any consumer brand out there, apparel manufacturer, that is perfect, but we're working really hard to look at every avenue and every place we have impact to do it thoughtfully, which almost seems like an oxymoron, right? You're trying to do something sustainably. They seem like two contradictory ideas. Grow your business, be sustainable. So I think that's the biggest challenge that I have is where do those two live comfortably together. Um, so we are headed over to our sewing factory, which is about a block and a half away. And then a block and a half the other direction is where we buy most of our silk from our silk supplier. And then between there is our pattern maker and also our marker grader cutter that actually grades the patterns once they're made. And then we have a marker who creates the patterns. So, let's hit this one. We're on the second floor, so if you guys don't mind, we could just take the stairs up. Hola, Daniel, como esta? Hola, buenas tardes. So, yeah, this is our tiny little factory, and Daniel owns it. ¿Cuántos años tienes aquí haciendo esto? This tiny sewing factory looks nothing like a fast fashion factory. Like, you know, the ones you hear about with thousands of workers crammed together, no daylight, working inhumane hours for very low pay. He didn't look it. I told him he don't look like it. This operation has four sewing stations set up, great natural lighting, some music. Everyone seems like they're chill with each other comfortable, there's water, it doesn't seem like a sweat factory. I'm a fashion dude, so I like to see this, I'm like, oh my god, there's so many things to do for, for, for like a piece. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it, is people, again, you know, are so disconnected, but they go in a store and they buy a t-shirt and it's five bucks. And they don't think about all the people and all the things that had to go into actually making that garment. If you could give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself if you're starting all over again doing something like this? Oh, that's such a good question. Stay true to what you believe in. When you're so focused on your goal and you really believe in whether it's a product or sustainability or protecting garment workers, just stay true to that. If that's your North Star, you'll never go wrong. 
there's so many different winds that'll push you different ways, especially in an industry that's so trend-driven. Just stay focused on your path and your belief and your talent. I hope you learned a little bit more about sustainable fashion and how our city comes into play with all of this and maybe your part in sustainable fashion. Thanks to Mary Price for giving us an inside look to this industry and Tracy Tung for her expert comments. This episode was produced by Megan Botel. Our other team members are Victoria Alejandro, Evan Jacoby, Erica Washington, and Monica Bushman. Thanks for listening. Hasta luego. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. Hey, it's Brian, the host of the How to LA podcast. How about we go to the movies? Join us for a 10-part series, Revival House, and discover the magic of LA's indie theaters. Who knows? You might meet someone. I know it sounds antithetical because you're just sitting passively, but in fact, you're connecting with everyone else around you. Subscribe to How to LA from LA Studios wherever you listen to podcasts.